It is Locked on Jazz for the 1st of June. Will he stay or will he go now? The Quinn Snyder discussion hits front page of ESPN, so we'll react. Rumors, rumors, and more rumors. OG Ananobi is the name of the day. Season in review for Royce O'Neal and the Cleveland Cavaliers roster. Anything you want on that menu? It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of every day. We greatly appreciate it. Please leave a comment, a thumbs up on the YouTube. That gets us uh, more people to know about it or a five-star review. And frankly, as someone said, you want more people to know about it because I don't want a friend that doesn't listen to Locked on Jazz that talks to the jazz about me. Or with me. I think that's good. All right, let's discuss the Quinn Snyder story. It's not really new. Um, Well reported. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the report that came out, but it's not new per se. Um, It was reported by Mark Stein during the year that Quinn had a contract extension on the table, that he had not signed it. Uh, And then Quinn was obtuse in his his end-of-the-season press conference, though, uh, on what his goals and, and where he was. Um, so this isn't, and there has been no news since. So it seemed clear um, that this was probably next. I've not addressed a lot of it, um, but let's get into it. It's out there. Everybody wants me to, so I will. So the first thing is, I think there's just, it's eight years and a lot of wear and tear. And um, I think, you know, the he's got the extension and it's interesting he hasn't jumped on it. I'll, I'll give a little credit to Quinn here. I think there's a lot of people in the world who probably just take the extension, sign He's probably got a document in front of him that's worth $20 million, minimum, maybe 30. And a lot of guys, I think, just sign it. And then if it doesn't work out, they get fired and they take their 30 million. It's kind of contrary to everything that is about Quinn, where everything's got a deeper meaning. Everything's philosophical. Everything's about the principles. Everything's about kind of who you are and your essence. Um, You know, everything's about, uh, you know, kind of integrity and consistency, in, and so it's not surprising to me, um, knowing Quinn as I do, that he that he wouldn't just do what I think a lot of guys would do, which is take the $30 million and then figure it out later. And so this last year was certainly tough for everyone. Um, you know, and how do you move forward? And honestly, if you're Quinn, and you have the reputation you do as one of the best coaches in the NBA, is there a route for success? Is there a route where for success... For Quinn. And this franchise is at a unique turning point. And so, you know, what are you signing up for if you're Quinn Snyder with that extension? Are we in a rebuild? Are we um, from... And, it, and when you say, what are you signing up for? I think it's got multiple layers here. So first is certainly personnel. What are you coaching? Second is, and so are, you know, are we moving one guy or another? What are we doing? Let me just say this right now, because I think this is going to be the next step of rumors, because this is kind of the logical thing, and I don't think this is... This is not a, like, me or him, them or me, I have to have this. That's that's not what's going on here. That's, um, 
And I think my guess is that'll be the next rumor mill that comes out. So before that becomes the rumor mill, I'll just tell you right now that that's not what's going on here. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not some game of like, hey, he's got to be moved or I've got to have this. It's where are we going? What are we doing? And really, that makes a lot of sense. You have a new ownership who you're shining your first extension with. You have a new head of basketball and Danny Ainge who you're signing your first extension with. And again, Quinn is, if anything, he's overly thoughtful. He's overly uh, uh, analyzes things in excess and wants to figure out what, what is it, what are we doing? The other one, I think if we're perfectly honest about it, you know, what are the philosophies? Where are we going? Quinn built the culture of this franchise when he and Dennis came in together and rebuilt this franchise in the last stage of the Miller family. And that was really Quinn putting his stamp on the culture, everything from what the film room looks like to what the arena, the practice silly looked like to what the arena. Well, now Ryan, who's a marketing genius has bought the team, has every right to do this. And he's putting his stamp on top of what the Millers built. That stamp. Is it the same as what Quinn wants to build in his culture? Do those align? These are all discussions that they ha- are, have to have right now and figure out before they sign up for the next year. And this is the time to do it. So none of this to me is surprising. The only thing that's kind of, I think, newsworthy, and it's the same newsworthy story that we had prior, is that there's an extension on the table and Quinn hasn't signed it. And so there is uncer- that by definition means there's uncertainty to what we're doing next as a franchise and who's leading the show and where it's going. The reason I want to point out that if that whole, if I'm guessing, but I just kind of can feel that story comes about like this and that him, me, that kind that that's clearly not true because this extension has been on the table. It might've been on the table since the beginning of the season, frankly, I think, I think there's that. I mean, this was, a difficult season for everyone involved, right? Quinn said it, we needed a spark and it just never happened. So if you're a coach, why not? And I think there's an introspective level first if you're Quinn Snyder on why didn't we get the spark? Why didn't I as a coach? I thought there was a really interesting question from Brad Stevens or a quote from Brad Stevens that's running around the Celtics where Brad was like, hey, you know, it's the coach's job to be able to go get this next, them to share the ball and do these things. And this last year, it was obvious at different times during the year that Quinn was asking them to play one way and they were playing another. So why? And can that be rectified? And is that a problem moving forward? Is that, like, what is that, right? I think that's, those would be part of Quinn's discussions internally. Quinn, again, one of the most thoughtful people, we've heard it all in the press conferences, we've heard it from his analysis, you've heard it in his interviews, you know, this has got so many layers to it. I actually think that's the difficulty here is that there's so many different layers to this and it's clear Quinn's trying to get comfortable with what the future is and maybe the Jazz are trying to get comfortable with the future. I'm looking at really, it sounds, the story's very much kind of from Quinn's perspective that the Jazz have been very clear that we'd like him back. He's one, he was one of the best coaches in the league for this whole time. We'd like him back. So if you look at Quinn's perspective, okay, so tough year, self-analysis, new leadership franchise, where do I fit? Culture, where, where, what are we doing? And then I think you're dealing also with new age. New age owner, new age players. What is our philosophy? How are we dealing with this? What power do players have? What power do coaches have? Where are we going with it? Like, what, how are we going to deal with these situations? And you're trying to understand 
where everything's going and who, what you are as a culture, what you are as a franchise, what you are kind of at your core and at your soul. And I think, frankly, that's a really difficult thing to get a whole bearing on. Then you probably have the outside game of like, well, is it better over there? Which at times the grass seems greener on the other side and at times it doesn't. So there's just boom, like so much stuff going on in the head. And then I think from a basketball standpoint, there's so many scenarios, right? You either have Donovan and Rudy, and I don't know, is that good or bad? You might only have Donovan. Is that good or bad? You might only have Rudy. Is that good or bad? You might have neither and you're in a rebuild. Like there's so many scenarios here. They're so dramatically different to who you are as a franchise if you're a head coach signing up for it and you're established and you're going to have other options, like that's the one part of this. There's no question Quinn gets other offers and has a head coach the minute he wants it. Um, I think the other aspect of this is Quinn heard the heat. I think if we're really honest, Quinn heard the heat. And I think if you listen to his press conferences at the end of the season, during the playoffs, at the end of the regular season, he heard the heat. Like he went off on that Donovan... Rudy non-passing thing. He went off on the close game finish thing. that he, he heard the heat. And that has to feel internally as though at least the fan base as a whole might not be as solid a ground as you're on. I don't know how much that matters in your decision making, but it does probably impact what your comfort zone is in the area you're in and how you feel in the community and all those things. He's been very positive at all times about the community, the fans, all, and, and goes out of his way to, to say thank you in that regard. But there has to be some level where you heard the heat, right? We heard the booze. You heard the fire Snyder. You heard the various talk. Whether it's the guy out of the bottom of his basement who's, you know, on his 17th job in three months, I don't know. But you heard it this last year, which you've never heard before in his press conferences, let you know that he heard it. So those are all the things. There's a wear and tear. There's a... What is the script for success? Franchises at a turning point. What am I signing up for? What are the philosophies of D- Ryan and Danny? What is my comfort level here? With If we're not as good next year, is it coming back on me? Is this a script that works long-term? And then I think there's the Jazz perspective on this, on what the Jazz are thinking. So that was all Quinn. I'll give you what the Jazz are thinking next, plus the hot rumor of the day. Jake Fisher of Bleach Report is making a good name for himself with, with rumors these days, and we'll get what he had to say next. Today's show, a Wednesday edition of Locked on Jazz, is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. Blake and the Murdoch family have been in Utah for years 80 plus, in fact, they're part of Utah through and through. It's also why with the car shortage that's going on and everyone charging more than MSRP and the rest, that they have decided not to do that. They will not charge more than MSRP on any vehicle out there. And they will, uh, so you can promise that. Head on down to any of the Murdoch locations. We'll set you up with a VIP meeting at first if you, uh, and get you set up with the, um, at... Um, by emailing me at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com. And we'll get you set up with a VIP meeting. The Palisade is the beautiful SUV. The Kona is the small zippy one. I'm driving the Sonata right now. And the Elantra won the North American Car of the Year. So whether it's a sedan or an SUV, they have the answers 
for you. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is your daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to five players, the over/under on the projections, and you can win up to ten times. An entry, it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or left. It's that easy. Use the award-winning prize picks app at the App Store or at Google Play and offers any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds to steals. It's all easy. And it's not just NBA. It's college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and even more. So you can jump on the Major League Baseball game as well. Here's a fun one for you. If you, for a limited time, prize picks has an exclusive offer for all of our users, all of our Lockdown listeners, users get $50 for free if a player in your first prize fix entry scores a single point. But you must use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Lockdown fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA for $50 free if a player in your first prize fix entry scores a single point. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Jazz your first listen of the day. Greatly appreciate that. We are free and available for you in all places you get your podcasts, including YouTube. If For your second listen, tune in to Locked On NBA Big Board, the draft show. Getting you ready for the NBA draft, for the futures of the NBA, all sorts of great stuff. Plus, Locked On Celtics, Locked On Warriors for the finals. Get you carried through this. All right, so from a Jazz perspective here, he's one of the best coaches in the NBA. And you definitely always want one of the best coaches in the NBA. At the same time, you want him in. So maybe you like this process that's taking place here. And Quinn is unique in his brain and the way he thinks about things. And so therefore, getting him in, because of all the layers of what I talked about, may be more difficult than otherwise. And trying to figure out what his in is. Is a long-term contract actually make him uncomfortable? Does he actually just not want to be tied in that way and see how it develops out? Um You know, it's interesting to see that the team did not play the way Quinn wanted them to play this year. And if you're the team and Quinn, you've got to figure out why. There wasn't the ball movement. There wasn't the essence of jazz basketball. Quinn gave an interesting press conference. I think it was his close where he talked about jazz basketball and how There's a clear definition of what jazz basketball has been in his eight-year tenure. And it was so clear that this year was not that. Not obvious unselfishness. Not ball movement. Not playing quickly. Not doing a bunch of these things. So why? If you're both Quinn and the organization, you've got to figure that out as well. And figure out, you know, is there a possibility that after eight years, the ear of the player is not as tuned in to Quinn as it was prior? Is there a development that's taking place in some of our guys at stages of their careers where they're not as willing to hear that, that they were two or three years earlier? Is there a development in our guys where, frankly, the way Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown did, where they have to go so far the other way that they become a 500 team that they circle back? And now is actually the time that Quinn actually has their ear more than ever before because they just tried it their way instead of his way and it didn't work. Now, the year before, they would probably argue, well, we tried it that way and it didn't work. Like, right, this is always a different pull and tug and this and that. And maybe this is all part of the process and this is still the right combination to move it forward. We'll see. But those are the two where we sit on this. I don't have any great resolve of what I think is going to happen next. I mean, it's clear... Hey, if if Quinn was fully 
back, he would have signed the extension. So that's clear that that's not the case right now. He's trying to figure that out and that they, as the report said, they've been talking about this for weeks and I don't know what really changes until the next 45 days. Then we probably have some more vision by July 15th of where the franchise is heading. And I don't know if we're waiting that out the whole way. It's hard to recruit free agents if Quinn's not clear. Um, so we'll see on on that. That's that's where we sit. Hopefully that's kind of, if you were looking for some like hard take of like, this is what should happen. I don't have that. I do think I understand what's going on. And hopefully that gave you some clarity in that regard. Uh, poll question today at YouTube is whether you think Quinn Snyder will be on the bench for the Utah Jazz next year. Feel free to answer that if you're on YouTube. Uh, the rumor of the day, and we have one every day, uh, and I've decided we're going to embrace them. I used to j- stay away from them, but it's the offseason. Is OG Ananobi of the Toronto Raptors to the Utah Jazz for Rudy Gobert? This one's actually more interesting. Jake Fisher, of, of I think he's a Bleacher Report, is doing a good job getting his name out there. And um, he's, you know, he's become the rumor guy, right? Woj and Shams are the news-breaking guys. And there isn't really a rumor guy right now in the business, uh, I think partially because it's a risky way to live if you're connected to all these agents. And so Jake Fisher's taking that role and he's doing a good job. He's making a lot of noise out of it. So OG's super interesting because, first of all, the body is a gift from God. He's 6'7", 232 pounds. His brother actually played in the NFL. And he's just 24 years old. And I think he's signed for three years. There's a lot of things to really like here. The other thing about OG Ananobi is he's gone from six points to seven points to 11 points to 16 points to 17 points a game. So he's increased it every single year. He's a good three-point shooter whose three-point shooting percentage over the last two years has held steady despite the fact he's gone from three to six three-point shots a game. He, his two-point percentage dropped this year as they started to play him more one-on-one as the man. The other one that's interesting on him, despite this like incredible body, is his inability to stay healthy both the last two years. So he came out of the draft, out of Indiana, and he tore his ACL in college and then came back and was able to play fairly quickly. And then two years ago in the COVID year, he played 43 of 72 games. And this year he played 48 of 82 games. You know, that's an interesting kind of, I want to understand that. Are these fluke injuries? Are these, you know, like one was a fractured finger this year, I think, um, was was one of them. Um, so I think that one you kind of put in the fluke area and you have to kind of try to figure out what is taking place with the various injuries um, that he's having because, you know, are they just fluky things or is there something that's happening that's that's causing the fractured finger I would go as kind of a fluke um, and, and you don't worry about that. But, you know, is this dream body actually one that doesn't stay healthy? He's interesting. You, there's, there's some reasons why he's interesting. One is 6'7", 232. Two is maybe a player that has a larger upside and you're, you, you'd have to really believe he has the next step in who he is. Every number he has has gotten better, right? His assists have gone from 0.7 to 2.6. His rebounds kind of just generally increase. His three-point shooting is held. Doesn't go to the line a great deal. Um, good athlete. Not sure he's like a functional driving athlete. Like he's a fast break athlete. I'm not sure he's an in-traffic athlete. I'd have to watch him a little bit more. See that? And I do think it's a stretch 
that he's going to become your number one option offensively. Part of the story was that he was a little frustrated with his role with the increase of Scotty Barnes. May or may not be true, but Scotty Barnes is kind of the rookie of the year and one of the major future pieces for the Toronto Raptors. And they're stuck on their $33 million Pascal Siakam contract and they've got a $20 million Fred Van Vliet contract. They may be interested in moving the three years of OG Ananobi. If the Jazz, if they're going to do it, there's really, and it's Rudy Gobert, it really has to be OG Ananobi and Gary Trent. Which, you know, then the question is whether the Jazz can defend. Pascal Siakam would be the, the player that you add that allows the Jazz to defend a little bit. Um, but that's the rumor out there. And OG Ananobi is a really interesting name that's probably worth more and more um, look and probably one that, you know, if you're a front office and this rumor's out there, like if, and it's actually, let's say there's been some discussion, if you're the Jazz, that's actually a player, your front office, you're really digging into looking at and trying to figure out. All right, uh, I wanted to do Royce O'Neal season in review and I wanted to do Cleveland Cavaliers roster. I don't know we're getting to both of them. Um, as we continue today, uh, obviously lots of stuff. So sometimes the structure of the show doesn't get to follow all the way through. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now almost impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure the pointless, seamlessly intimidating questions of like this or that or these or those? And why pay 30, 50, or even 100% more from chain stores or car dealerships when there's Rock Auto, a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over the last 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need, you could need, brake pads, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So go explore their funky, fun, old school website today and find the solution to your auto part needs. It's an old school, easy to navigate website and it will get you right to where you want and get you items for far less. Because there's amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Please write locked on in the how did you hear about us section. That's locked on in the how did you hear about us section of rockauto.com. Today's show is also brought to you by... Built Bar. Let's see, what do I have here today? This was a chocolate brownie chunk from yesterday. Built better not release the chocolate brownie chunk right now because I'm a, as much as I'm about to run out and I really want them, our Built Bar containers are full. In fact, we have two boxes that aren't even touched yet. The granola bars are out. They are the ch- chocolate coconut, the white berry, cho- white chocolate berry, and the granola mix bar, plus the Puffs birthday cake, along with coconut marshmallow, brownie batter still available for you, churro and banana cream pie. The brownie batters are amazing. And the regular Built Bar flavors. My son likes them when they're cold. He puts them in the freezer. 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, four net carbs, four net sugar, and 17 grams of protein with a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It's all at Built, and the promo code LOCKEDON gets you a 15% uh, Locked 15 gets you 15% off your next and all of your order at built.com. That's 15% off at built.com. Thanks again for making Locked on Jazz your first listen today. Got a lot of fun stuff coming up on the draft. NBA Big Board. Locked on NBA Big Board should be your second listen today. All right, let's go to Royce O'Neal. Royce, I think unfairly, got the... Um, 
wrath of most Jazz fans because he's probably the easiest one to go after. The fact is, Royce has done some interesting things. He's increased his scoring average for five straight years. He's increased his three-point shooting average every year, but one, 36 to 39 to 38 to 39 to 39 again, but increased it. Um, He is actually shooting more threes, and there's a few different things on Royce. Let's start with Royce on the offensive end. It would be great if Royce was a more dynamic offensive player. On the other end, the Utah Jazz last year had a serious problem in which they did not move the ball enough. And they didn't and it became my turn, your turn, and all those kind of things. And so at what point do you just decide, wait a sec, actually having a low usage player is really, really valuable to your team. Like, the number one problem to me on this roster is we had too many possessions. Same thing that happened to the Celtics a few years ago. Everyone wanted shots, and if you gave up the shot, you didn't think you were getting it back. Royce is one of the few guys you could give it to where you thought it might come back. And we're going to criti- There were certainly times where they left him open and he didn't shoot it. But there's also a great value in having a guy that's willing to go through a game with four or five shot attempts. Now, there are some downsides. Not... He's not a perfect player. We're also paying him like $8 million, not $30 million. And the league average salary is like $12 million. So like at some point you have to understand who he is as a player and what your the expectation of who he is compared to what you're getting may not be a, you know, this may not be a fair thing that you're asking out of him. So... There are some, the downside is that the Luka Doncic, the bad defensive player on every team, goes and guards Royce. So, frankly, our most successful play is a Donovan Royce small, small pick and roll where Donovan then gets this guy switched onto him and Donovan goes to work. That's been our most successful play that we kind of have as a team. Because by guarding Royce, someone gets the day off defensively. That's not great. Probably needs to be, in that sense, probably needs to be addressed a little bit. The next piece of this puzzle on on Royce is you wish he had a little bit more. His drive game is straight line. He's not a super passer out of it. Became a great rim finisher. But again, now you're asking offensively something that's a 15, 18, $20 million player. And I think there has to be some reality of, hey, we got to... $20 million point guard and a $35 million center and a $35 million shooter, you're not getting this next piece. Ideally, it comes out of the draft. It's cheap. We just haven't done that. The question to me on Royce really all comes back to one thing, and that is what happened to him defensively. So three years ago, Royce became our primary defender. If you go to B-Ball Index, he had the highest rate of just about anyone in... Um, guarding the number one defensive player in the game. And he learned. Two years ago, or a year, his second year of that, so um, he really had a, he had a very good defensive year. He went and I, you know, Quinn kind of talked about it a lot. He got better as the year went on in his ability to kind of, break down 
who he's defending, how he's playing, um, you know, who who his matchup is, understanding him. And there was like a very clear track record of the second time through, he was better defending than he was the first time. And for the year of 2021, he ranked 24th in pick and roll defense out of the top 100 guards that were put in the pick and roll. Okay? It was actually lower than Don, lower than than Mike, but you also had to understand who he was guarding, which is, you know, Gent was the number one player on the other team almost all the time. This year, for whatever reason, and this is the number one question that I think has to be answered on Royce O'Neal. And that is, he went to 92nd out of 100. Was something wrong physically? Did his off-season, did he change something in his off-season work that made him less effective? Did, did he get injured? Did teams figure him out? Like, I don't know the answer here. But this is the data point that the Jazz have to find the answer to in regards to Royce O'Neal's future. Royce O'Neal went from the 24th best pick-and-roll defender in the league, always going up against the best guys, so 24th is misleading. It's, it's a be- he's a better number than that. To 92nd out of 100 with Rudy Gobert as your big. Did we change matchups? Did he end up playing with Whiteside more? Got to dig into that probably and who the screen defender was. Did we change the way we were playing Rudy because we wanted him higher and some of that hurt Royce O'Neal more? Again, did he get hurt? Did he change his workout plan? What happened that moved Royce O'Neal from one of the better defenders in the league to not one of the better defenders in the league? As we evaluate him moving forward, that's the issue. The offensive stuff, it's not great. But to who we are as a team with Boyan and Mike and Donovan and Jordan, the last thing we need is somebody wanting 14 possessions out of that spot. More willing shooter at 40%. Like Donovan runs around practice all the time, calls him 40%. So yeah, that would be great. But if he's going to be our defensive stopper and our primary defensive guy, what happened? And that's what I think you got to figure out. Did he, he turns 29 years old here in very near future. So it shouldn't necessarily be an age thing. All right, tomorrow we'll get to the Cavs roster. I apologize on that. We'll continue our season in review on players and we will look at the Cavs roster and we'll look at how the Celtics and Warriors were built and how some things are similar and where some of our pieces haven't quite fallen into place yet on those two things, but there are a lot of similarities. Um, unless, of course, some story breaks, and then, as seems to be the case every day with us, we're at the forefront of all rumors and all stories, and we'll continue to talk about it. Thanks very much for tuning in to Locked On Jazz. No, go give Locked On NBA Big Board your second listen of the day. Have a great one.